Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. So today I'm absolutely delighted to have a best-selling author as a guest here. He's written five books with a sixth in a pipeline and I know that that's some feat. However, he's otherwise known as an IT bitch. <laughs> Robin, great to have you on here. So tell me, who is Robin Waite? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, the web bitch thing, I'll come on to that in a second. But um, <laughs> So yeah, so I mean me, basically I'm, uh, my heart and soul lives in the sea, so I'm a surfer. Uh, love everything about being down by the beach, but um, uh, in terms of kind of where I've got to now, I'm going to rewind the clock sort of well, back to 2000-ish, so I was just the year 2000 that is. Uh, leaving university, I actually started out selling, buying and selling laptops, which I know you're quite, <laughs> it was a proper Dell boy, you know, in, in, in the days where you could sell premium laptops for sort of two and a half, three thousand pounds. And that was a lot of money kind of then as well as kind of just uh, going through my university days. But uh, it lasted about um, six months and I got, um, made 40 grand in cash profit. Wow. Uh, literally, it was all declared, by the way, for anybody. Right, so Robin, what, what are you doing sat here on a podcast well, and not on a beach? <laughs> Um, because the thing is, like, it was it was great, but actually, um, uh, I mean, the bubble burst with laptops, sure. you know, so the profit margins on them just absolutely bottomed out within the space of about two weeks. I was buying and selling for two and a half grand. A load of people started doing what I was doing, and we ended up, and I just couldn't find the next product. Sure, sure. So um, I, was, I was sat on the beach. I took the money, bought two cars, and went out to Florida. So whilst I was out in Florida, basically set up a web design business, marketing agency with... Um, a business partner who I'd met working for a previous company. Um, and that's so that's 2004 we set up that agency. Sure. We grew it to, oh, it's a small local agency, so quarter of a million pound turnover. We had four members of staff, um, uh, 250 odd clients. So it was, it was a good little business. But if the, the web bitch thing, so basically where that came from, um, I was at a networking group. And this wasn't that long ago. We were only probably talking sort of four, four and a half years ago. A networking group. One of my clients came bounding up to me like a happy little puppy dog. And he said, oh, Rob, Rob, I've got these two guys I want to introduce you to. I've been telling you all about, uh, telling them all about you. So he pulled, he dragged me up to them and he said, this is Robin. He's my web bitch. <laughs> so imagine like, and one of the guys I'd actually been nurturing for quite a long period of time. And, and I don't know whether it was that interaction or not. But I kind of looked at the guy and I was like, you're kidding me, right? Mm. Um, yeah, like to be fair, you know, when, when you're getting a website done these days, it's all about cheap, free Wix, Weebly, WordPress. One of sure. It's, it's a commoditized industry where everybody's like competing to drive the prices to the bottom and I was in it and like you know that was a real eye-opener for me I mean I fired the guy that afternoon so and he was like oh I was only joking I was like yeah many a tree said in jest fired him I'd never got to work with the guy one of the guys who I'd kind of had my eye on I was really keen to build a website for him um but kind of that that spurred the first book online business startup so mm. that's my not so subtle plug there but it spurred the first book and really what I wanted to do is just for all of the, the freelancers, the coaches, the consultants, the graphic designers, the web designers out, I just wanted to change that industry. And you know, I, I just want to, um, before you dive in further, I just want yeah. to touch on the web bitch comment and the fact that you fired him. Yeah. And you know, the title of this podcast is Be Your Own Boss. Yeah. And that is the beauty of being your own boss is to be away from that kind of bad management and bad approach. Yeah. Um, but you had found yourself in that position of- I've let it happen yeah. like, for 12 years, and I'll be honest, like, you know, 12 years, I just let people treat me like their bitch, mm. basically. So when you first mentioned that story to me, it was it was clear that was a pivotal moment in yeah. what you do. Yeah, massively so. And it's like, well, I didn't want to change the world, but I want, I knew that I wanted to have, A, a much greater impact 
for me personally and I knew that you know I, there was more to me than just building websites like I, I built my own business well two businesses um, and I knew that there was other conversations I was having with people where they'd be like they'd think that you know build me a website Rob you know and they thought that was the, the one thing that was going to change their business completely mm. and I'm sat there going well no because there you know there's advertising there's there's other forms of marketing that you can do social media was starting to get big video especially was you know really starting to sort of um you know um, blow up about five five or six years ago and so i was starting to kind of tell people well no it's not just the website you know you've actually got to be prepared there's other channels out there you need to be in more places and it was just no no i just want you to build me a website it's like the big hand yes and i was like i just i wanted to put reposition myself so that um i could command that it wasn't that I wanted the respect, but I wanted to command the respect that actually so much so that I could change their businesses sure. and not just build them a website. Which led to Online Business Startup, which, yeah. um, fantastic book. I've got a copy myself, um, as have thousands of others. Um, yeah. I understand you've sold, is it about 7,000 last time we spoke? Oh, five figures now, I think. It's, wow. Yeah, okay. And about 200 years. positive Amazon reviews? Yeah, 235. Not that I'm counting, obviously. <laughs> so tell, tell me more. How did you do that? Because that, that's a breakout success. Yeah, I mean, it, um, it's it's just persistence, just okay. dogged determination. I knew that I looked at the, the books in the same categories that um, how many reviews they had, and I was just like, I'm going to get more than them. Um, and then it was just persistence going out and and telling my give, you know, telling people my message, telling people that they they were worth more and they could charge more for their 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 service. And actually, if they just made a couple of tweaks to whatever it was that they were offering, they could charge two or three times what they were currently charging. Sure. You know, and I do look, I, I don't have any regrets, but I do look back over those 12 years and, and, and think, well, if I'd known what I'd known 10 years ago, how I would have done things. Oh, we, are, we we always <laughs> ask that, don't we? Yeah. I was well, ju- Well, I was just going to say, um, I normally have some rapid fire questions at the end, yeah. but that is one of them. You know, yeah. What would you have done differently? Um, for, for me, it was actually, uh, well, the one big change would be um, just stepping outside of that time for money trap, basically. Sure and really getting to grips with the value that I was adding to my clients' businesses. So for me, for age, it was just like all about building the best website. But actually, if it was about building the best website that's going to get them X number of leads in, that's going to, you know, and understanding the, um, I suppose, the maths, the, the dynamics that sit yes. behind it and how um, how many clients it would, it would lead to them getting and how much each client was worth to them and, you know, um, just going a bit deeper on it. But... That's probably the one fundamental change that I would have made. Okay, so in in terms of what you've just mentioned, so the mathematics behind it, um, obviously we've spoken at some length before, so I I know that you have a few models that you use. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, I think that certainly those who've got their own business will find some of the models that you use really valuable, and it would be yeah. great to hear your input. Um, first of all, on how you see product marketing and the um, sort of the accelerate or the escalation, sorry, the escalation yeah. of products and pricing. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I suppose I deal with the product side of things. Really, it's about. Um, so in, in the second book, I talk about uh, Russ. So and and really, it's about understanding the value proposition, the sure. value, the outcome which he delivers. So Russ, for example, was uh, you know humble golf professional, very talented guy. But if it rained on a Saturday morning, anything up to six out of eight of his clients wouldn't show up. And of course, that led to a second problem because he was taking cash at the end of the lessons. Yes. So not enough money. So, but the thing is, like, he was just asking the wrong questions. So he was asking, like, you know, somebody came for lessons, how, what clubs do you play with, how long have you played golf for, mm. when can you start lessons? 
and and when I went down, so you know Simon Sinek. Yes, yes. Start with why. So I, I went down the route of like the five whys with him, just to really get to understand the benefit behind the benefit of what he was doing. And he told me the story about this one guy who um, had come in. Like, I want I want lessons, um, and he started asking sort of why why do you want lessons? Sure. And it transpired this guy had just been uh, started a new role for a, a big multinational business, three and a half thousand employees, just at sales exec level alone. Okay. So big business. And his first assignment for this guy was to go and play in golf, so yes. quite unassuming. But they partnered him up with the CEO of the business. And this guy apparently said, all I want to do is drive straighter and further than the CEO so he notices me. Yes. So I was like, there's your, there's your benefit behind a benefit. That's why people come for lessons. So being able to like tap into like the, that fundamental reason of why um, then completely transformed the way the product works. So with Russ, we then had an eight-week-long package five different products one was drive further one was drive straighter lower your handicap putting on the sure. green and then we came on to price so i was like well now it's a clearly defined program it's eight weeks they've got a couple of things they've got to do in between but and then they will get one of these outcomes that you define for them we'll charge three times as much mm. three, three times the amount for lessons it's like well we couldn't possibly charge like we're talking like 75 to 100 sure it's sure not much we couldn't possibly charge that and i said look you know, it's no harm in trying. So this is another thing which I work. Fearless business is all about being like fearing those things in business efforts are slightly less. Yes. Right. Play the game a little bit because business is a bit of a game. Not be afraid of like you know falling flat on your face because actually mm. nobody people are there to help you up. They're not there well, laughing at you. Isn't it a Tony Robbins saying that fear is um, false emotions appearing real? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, and and so with with Russ, it was as simple as we drew up a little contract, got it designed. And I said, print out 10, put them on the desk at work, and then just see what happens. And he sold three packages in the first week. Wow. So but I'm, I'm going to ask a very quick question. Yeah, go for it. And I'm going to dive into the personal, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. What's your biggest fear? Uh, do you know what? My biggest fear is not leaving a legacy. Okay. Like, I, I've got two beautiful daughters, and um, I, I've tried to design my coaching practice around them. Sure. So I dropped them off this morning. Like, as soon as we're done here, I'm sorry, you know, as much as I want to catch up with you, mate, I'm out here because I've got to go and pick up Poppy from school. And I've designed my life to kind of fit as best I can around them. It doesn't always work, but as best I can around them. And I want them to, like, already, like, Poppy's walking around nursery saying, you know, Daddy's the fearless coach. Yes. You know, so I don't know dread to what people think might think of that, but then... I've got the books that's going to hopefully, you know, outdate me out, like outlast me yes, yep. in, well into the future. And for me, it's just about leaving a legacy. If I can leave a bit of an imprint on this world and make the business world certainly a better place. Cause my passion, I love business. Mm. Like if I had all of the money in the world and all the things and still live down on my beach in Devon surfing every day, I, I would get bored very quickly because I wouldn't, or not bored is the wrong word. Like my spirit is, is in business but it's great to hear that your fear is one that actually drives you forward because yeah. so many are limiting uh, this is where i'm going to cut in and actually give the results of an instagram survey that i did on instagram stories um, where we were asking some of the guests what their biggest fear was and do you know what there's uh, there's some here that are really quite serious and it's actually very logical to be scared of them yeah so um for example water you know none of us would like to drown um there are some that are, um, well, if we go with some of the crazy ones, potato roots terrify me. <laughs> They're like long witchy fingers. Wow. Okay. Okay. And death, yeah, I think that's a pretty rational fear. Yeah. But you can't let these fears drive what you do day to day. Yeah. There are some that I come across, um, you know, failure. Yeah. 
Now, that's actually from a, a good friend of mine, Andy Fawn. He's um, he's one of the more successful business owners that I know. You know, he's um, he's turning over, put it this way, the millions, not in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. He's got a very good business that's got an office in New York as well as London. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he would love me plug him. He does some amazing promotional merchandise. Um, <laughs> but he's scared of failure. Yeah. Now, if you allow that fear of failure to drive your day-to-day decisions they're not necessarily going to be the best decisions that you can make. Um, But yeah, I'm looking down this list, and some of these here are absolutely crazy. Um, Yeah, we we won't go into them all. The thing is, um, to give you a bit of an insight, so fear's a funny one for me, Mm. because I've always always skirted around the edges of some quite dangerous stuff. Sure. I've surfed 15-foot waves in Morocco and almost killed myself. Like the, the, when I came off, I surfed the, the first wave in, and it, it was brilliant. Couldn't have gone any better. I think the University of Nottingham or something they had their surf school were out there, and so they gave me a big round of applause. And the second one, my mate called me into the wave, but he called me in early, so okay. I just sucked up to the top of the wave and came off. And I remember as the board, the board on the second wave that caught me after that went over my head, and my try doing this at home, not now because it'll be it won't look good on camera. <laughs> but try try touching the back of your head with your heel. I know I can't do that. Yeah, so that happens. Okay. Tore my psoas muscle, ripped my psoas muscle. Wow. So as I was coming out of the water, kind of dragging myself. But I was under the water for about, it felt like forever, but about yeah. 40 seconds. Okay. It was three or four big waves coming over the top. And because now I couldn't move my leg, I'm just literally just, I'm at the mercy of sure. just bobbing along the, the, the seabed, can see the light and the waves crashing over the top of me. And, and, and at that point you realise, actually you're not in control of anything. Yes. I, and, and when I realised, when I, that, I never recommend it, by the way. Um, but I've been down Froster Hill, local classified climb. Hate going up hills on my bike. Okay. Down Froster Hill at fifty-two miles an hour on a push bike. That's pretty scary. In fact, that was that was what led me to um, uh, close down my agency and start coaching, because mm. it made me realise again, like I'm I I felt like I was getting out of control. My business was taking control of me again. Sure. The whole web pitch thing, and it was it was like. Um, when I realised that going down that hill on my bike and that actually I was in control of that and it wasn't, I was in control of my bike, actually I was in control of my life. And I, I mean, I, I think you know the story, I ended up next to a railway line and mm. contemplated where I'm obviously ended up well because I'm still here. But in that moment, I was like, no, this agency thing isn't fulfilling me. I just, the, the way people are talking about creatives generally, just I'm pissed off with that. Um, and so I set up my coaching pra- practice just to change all of that sure. and help people as well. So in, ter- in terms of your coaching practice, um, yeah. I just want to drill into the fear a little bit more. Yeah. What's the most common fear that you see with your clients? Um, so not what they say, but the reality. Because we know that, that what we, the bravado and the message that we give the outside world isn't necessarily what's inside us. Yeah. What's the biggest fear that you see in your clients? Biggest, biggest fear, it's not in my clients necessarily. My clients... Because I get I over, help sure. overcome those. Fears. I'm going to come on to that in a moment. But in but in terms of prospects, their biggest fear is it not working for them. Okay. So I they're, they're like they see it happening for everybody else, but for whatever reason, whether it's uh, in, their internal uh, blocks are saying actually I'm I, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as that person. I don't. I'm not going to be able to put the time or the effort, the energy into it. I'll do those things and it might not work. So actually, it's it's just fear that. Um, the thing that they might be signing up to won't work for them. Okay. So same as fear of failure, I guess. You know, doing, sure. doing the thing and failing. But okay. And in terms of uh, so, so that's in the sales process. In terms of what you see uh, and what you observe of how they work day to day in their business. Yeah. What do you notice is their biggest fear from a wider business perspective? Um, 
beyond beyond that, actually, it 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 becomes a bit more real at that point because mm. my my coaching program's not woo woo. It's it's I'm a I'm a geek at the end of the day. Sure. I built websites. I'm very logical in the way that I work, and I, it's all about implementing systems and processes, running the numbers. You know, I, I, that's my mantra: seventy ten two. Sure. You know, all, all of those sorts of things. So when they get into the program, it's it's um, you know, hopefully I, I arm them and make it so that they shouldn't be able, they shouldn't have those things in business yes. fear. But a lot of it's the usual stuff like, um, you know, well, I, I tell you I tell you a little story actually. So pre-internet age, four hundred sixty-eight thousand registered businesses, right? So fast forward to today, there's something like four million registered yes. businesses. Okay, so. There's, there's ten, it's, it's 10 times easier than it has ever been to start up a business. And we think that because we've got a website and social media platforms and everything like that, worldwide audience, global marketplace, that, that we, we should be able to get clients, right? And we do all the things that all these marketing gurus sure. do to do all of the LinkedIn posts and the blogs and the Facebook ads and stuff like that. And that should get us clients. But the reality is because there's 10 times the number of businesses, it's actually 10 times harder to get found. Yes. So the moment I unlock that little pan, it is Pandora's box. The moment I unlock that for people and say, actually, marketing is really. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course, yeah. Really fucking hard. Like mm. marketing is running a business is really fucking hard. And the moment you accept that, actually, all of a sudden it becomes easier. This is it, and it is as you say, it's hard. It's not necessarily expensive, but it's hard work. Yeah. Um, I did a Twitter survey about a year ago, so I doubt that consumer mindset has changed significantly we had about 300 400 respondents um and the question was you know it was all, it what is stopping you from starting your business you know, what what is the fear behind it yeah and actually it comes down to confidence yeah and i believe that there's i i didn't actually necessarily ask the right question yeah because i think it goes deeper than that i think it comes down to um, internal versus external validation and how you're motivated you yeah. know are you um are you a move towards or a go away from um most people expect entrepreneurs business owners to be internally motivated yeah. and to be focusing on where they're going now i can always put my hands up and say well actually no i need to kick up the ass yeah. and i'm also embarrassed of being seen to fail Yes. rather than um being able to pat myself if on the back not, you're not immune either it's no. not like just you're it's not like you're a robot and you're somehow you're immune to exactly so, so how about you i mean are you moved towards or move away from uh i'm always moved towards so sure. i just always like set the goal and move towards something um, so you were that you were that git who always got their homework in yeah, before they should have done yeah, mate, when you I, got allocated a project you started on day one when i was when i was four years old and going to primary school who do you think made my sandwiches <laughs> me. i was up at six o'clock before my parents like making my own sandwiches because i i made better sandwiches fantastic than <laughs> you see most entrepreneurs say that they're moved towards yeah but when you ask them so school projects did you run up to deadline or did you hand it in early yeah normally run up to deadline and then move away from yeah, uh, I, I, okay, you got me there because I, occasionally, yeah, a deadline is helpful, but uh, yes. 75% of the time I'd say that I, I, do, I decide I'm going to do something and act on it and do it. And sure, and there's a beautiful trick for determining internal and external validation as well that I tend to use. Yeah. If it's a lady, look at their handbag. If it's a man, look at their pen or whatever, or their yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah, have they got a status <laughs> symbol on or not? Yeah, yeah, basically, my, I love my watches. This was, this was actually a reward for me for... Um, uh, renovating a 250 year old cottage fantastic so i was like no i'm gonna buy I'm you're gonna, gonna treat yourself like, yeah absolutely yeah two years four in fact four years worth of hard work i i did buy another tag at, like on this on year two because i was like i've been doing this for two years now but this is my reward my one fantastic 
Um, yeah, you asked, so moving towards stuff. So I, my, my, for me, everything's sort of goal focused, but oh, I know what I was going to say to you. So sure. it was about the thing, like, you know, one of the comments I get a lot of, because I do probably 60 to 70 speaking gigs and I do mm. podcast interviews and things like that and got the books. And so out externally, there's a lot of success there. And I get a lot of people coming up saying, God, Rob, you make this stuff look so easy. Like behind the scenes, I work like a dog. Yes. Yeah. I don't want anybody to see that. But also, say, but what I know you've done and others might not see it if they um, enter your journey later on. Uh, but you, when you handed me your business card when we first met, now that yeah. must have been three, four years ago. Yeah. So at the start of this online business startup journey, yeah. um, you handed me your card and you said that you're having it redesigned with just your name. Yeah. And that your task was to design your personal brand so that actually you didn't need contact details on the yeah, card. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a bit, um, Dan Meredith calls it the be yes. everywhere approach, basically. So I just decided that I was going to be absolutely everywhere. So I'd be on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, all those different social media platforms, my website, I'd get my, you know, podcasts. Well, Rob, you help, you help motivate me and I'm well, now at 125,000 followers. Well, so okay, thank you. you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased when I hear stories like that. Although I do remember like the first time you, um, I typed in your name after you'd gone down the no yes, yes. contact information. You had to get the picture changed. But um... Yes, that was, a, that was a battle with Google. Um, so what we're going to do now, we're going to um, start the wrap-up of the podcast. Yeah. But before we do, I just want to um, allow you... We, and we, we are freestyling this, uh, but Rob very kindly mentioned that he will give some of his books away as gifts. And I'm yeah. not lumbering with you with that. You did say it. <laughs> I did, um, yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a competition. Now, what, what I would like is um, for anyone listening, if you can share this podcast and tag myself and Rob into it so that we can see you've done it with the hashtag be your own boss. Um, you, you'll see it on the show notes, etc. So you'll see it's there. If you share it, tag us both in hashtag be your own boss and we'll pick some lucky winners out for a copy of your book. Yep. i tell you what, I'll chuck in a copy of mine as well. How's yep, that sound? Okay, perfect. Fantastic. Yep. We, are we going to put numbers on it? Like first 10? 10, done. 10. Done. Done. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions yes. now. These are fairly standardised podcast questions. The listeners have heard them several times before on several different podcasts, but I'm sure you can give us something different. Go for it. So, the first one, what is one thing that people don't know about you? Uh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think there's a lot that people don't know about me. You know, I'm very open about... Um, well, I'll tell you what, actually. Not many people know this, but I'm on antidepressants. Okay. So I'm I'm my own boss, but like I said, I'm not immune to just live, being a human sure. being, basically. So um, kind of, and a lot of people are quite surprised when they hear about that. Um, well, do you know, it's interesting. So I, I'll be very open. I've been on them before. And um, there was a flippant comment on a TV show that I watched. Um, I mean, thankfully for myself, I'm, um, I'm not on them anymore. And I, I just remember the horrific side effects. Yeah. But there's a flippant comment by um, Adrian Childs. And I don't know if you saw this program. So yeah. it's about when he was battling his, um, he's not an alcoholic, but he was battling the levels of alcohol that he consumes. And they were monitoring him day to day. And he was soon realizing that he was knocking back a few pints every day yeah. without even thinking about, you know, that was lunch. Yeah. And then at the weekends he would binge drink and that wasn't normal. And he had to go through that journey to find it. Yeah. And he made a very flippant comment about Satalopram. But he, um, so they asked before he started this, are you on any medication? And he said, well, I'm on Satalopram, but so are half a nation. Now, having been on that myself yeah. and having known people on it, 
it should have been fairly acceptable and understandable. But I was there thinking, wow, this guy on TV who externally seems so successful, so well together, you know, he's um, he's got his career in front of him, he's probably got absolutely no worries whatsoever that the normal person would go through. Yeah. Yet he's in that same boat. Yeah. Well, and it's it's amazing. There's that stigma there still. There should when be so a many, stigma about when it. so like many men, people are there. Mental health. Do you know what? Mental health is so important. Um, uh, like I, I'm doing. Um, uh, I'm a mentor on a program um, called Shift to Success by a guy called Alexander Siri. So he sure. comes. Through, he's one of Daniel Priestley's. Yes. Of, yeah. Um, been on his course. So Shift to Success is exactly what it is. It's helping police officers to escape the shifts and mm. become an entrepreneur. And it's not about extracting policemen from that at all, but it's actually that job is so demanding mentally, physically, everything else that you do reach a, a breaking point as a human being. And actually it's about giving people an opportunity rather than like, I remember my dad was a police officer as well. And like, you know, he was a police officer before I formed, but he was telling me about when he got some, cause he got injured, uh, like retired out of the police force with an injury, just didn't know what to do himself. Like, and, and he sank into a massive depression, sure. kicked off alcoholism and all sorts of things like that. And it's, do you know what's great about what Alex is doing is that it, it gives people an opportunity that they wouldn't have had 10, 20, 30 years ago. So we should talk about this stuff. And Completely. It should, be, it should it, I'm not suggesting necessarily it should be normal and everybody should go out and take Citalopram and I'm actually on the process of coming off it and it's horrific. Yes. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't understand why there should be such a stigma and actually... Uh, absolutely, ab- absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Mastermind groups. Yes. If you were to pull together a mastermind group of, um, say, four people, dead or alive, who would yeah. be in that group? Uh, well, obviously, yourself. Um, Dan Thank Priestley. You. Dan Priestley's sure. just... Um, so, I, obviously, um, so Dan will be a subsequent episode it, as well, for yeah. those listening. He, he has just got... Um, I, I can't remember what it was that... Um, I was, I was chatting to Dan, so and this is after my first daughter was born, and I said to Dan, and it was, it was when I'd written, I wrote, when Poppy was born, I wrote on my business startup, and I, and I said to Dan, I was just like, I don't understand, like, where I've got, had the energy to grow my business and write this book and everything else, and he was just like, it's, it's basically just because you're tired, mm. uh, and you've had to focus on just doing one or two things, but really bloody well, and it's just that, like, it's obvious, but just that perspective that Dan brings to stuff, yes, um, I, I think is... You know, absolutely, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, Tweedy the Clown, do you know him? Local no. celebrity. Okay. Uh, he would definitely be there just, just because he's fun, but also I've, I had the opportunity to kind of, that guy works so hard. Sure. Work ethic-wise. You think this guy's literally just clowning around external, but behind the scenes, he actually writes the performances where he Wow. Um, it's the iceberg, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he does stuff at the Everyman Theatre. He, he goes out and does like speaking and stuff like that as well. And, like, again, it's like just that work ethic behind the scenes just that you don't see necessarily. Sure. And you got one more? Uh, I'd actually, I'd actually really love to sit at the table with Napoleon Hill. Okay. Like I know, I know, I know Think and Grow Rich is like, you know, it's, it's the biggest selling self-help book of all time, mm. but think how forward thinking that was back in 1937 massively yes massively how relevant it still is and how Mm. many lives that guy's changed i'd just like to ask the guy like just to see what his perspective is on you know where what where's he at with his ego and his id and everything else like what what's what's behind that guy fantastic so the next one what is your best purchase that you've made recently for around 50 quid or less so best purchase we're talking about watches earlier on right Mm. so best purchase was a casio g-shock Okay. To go surfing in, basically. And if I were to work out how many pounds per minute that watch has actually 
yes. um, sort of cost. It's actually more valuable than my tag. Massively. And it's uh, it's opened up that outlet, that hobby. Because yeah. one of the things that we um, we entrepreneurs get caught up in, and I hate referring to myself as an entrepreneur, but those of us in business, those of us in business, well, do you know, when you when you see the LinkedIn headline, entrepreneur, it normally means a person's a prat, doesn't yeah. it? Let's well, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so I, I hate using that term. Those of us in business, we get so consumed by it that it's good to be able to facilitate that outlet. Yeah. Yeah, any other outlets that you've got? Uh, no, this, the, well, DIY. I'm still doing DIY, so I'm actually okay. in the process of building an outdoor home office at the moment, So, because I do a lot of podcasts, especially for the States. So sure. Having to drive into my office to do a podcast interview to come back, so I'm actually setting up a studio outside. And that that's and I've literally built that from scratch. And everybody's like, come on, Rob, you just get somebody else to build it. You know, you can you could be helping some business owners during that time. Mm. And I'm like, no, that's for me. Yes. That, it's, the project is for me. It's not about the, the, the cost. It's about the process of building it. Do you know this is this is this is uncanny? Um, and obviously, by the time this podcast goes live, um, me saying yesterday will be out of date. But yesterday, I met with a senior executive of a major company. I I can't disclose who or which company um, because he didn't give me permission to share this. However, um, I'll share the story itself. He's um, currently building his extension at home. Okay, he started by building his home gym, so flooring, so on and so forth. And he learned by, you know, he, he wanted to learn, he wanted to learn on the job, he wanted to get his hands dirty and do it. Yeah. His extension, he had to learn how to lay bricks properly. No way, so he's doing all the bricklaying. He's doing all the bricklaying the whole lot. No way. Wow. To, to understand got... and learn that process. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to not just have it and have someone else do it, he wanted to get his hands dirty and do it. And that was phenomenal. You know, that's actually true leadership in a personal capacity, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, I, and also, like, I know the only one downside to it is it does occasionally take me away from my girls. But equally, I, that's part of the legacy is I want them to look up and see Daddy was a doer. Sure. It wasn't just, you know, uh, helping business owners and getting paid thousands of pounds for coaching and stuff like that. And, you know, all the flashy stuff. I want them to see that Daddy was actually a, a bit of a grafter as well and like willing to like knuckle down and just get on with stuff. Fantastic. So the final one. What is the most recommended book? that you've recommended to other people and you cannot include your own? Well, I was going to say the startup coach, but am I allowed to include yours in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my favourite book of all time, which got me started on uh, my, I suppose, per- self-development journey, yeah. you know, sort of four or five years ago, um, was Built to Sell. Okay. Called John Marillo. Fantastic, fantastic book. It was recommended by one of my good friends, Steve Frost. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't heard of the book before he recommended it. It wasn't one that would typically come up on Amazon recommendations and so on. Yeah. It was kind of hidden away. But it's a real no-crap book about business, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's just like really the way it's delivered is like like takes it's like um it's like a parable, like a story, and you follow the journey of Alex Stapleton as he's trying to you know he's worked in this agency. I suppose a lot of it resonated with me actually when I listened to it. But he, he built his agency up over twenty years, and then thought oh, I should probably retire now. Um, and then he went to see his mentor, and the mentor said, "Well, basically, your business is worthless because mm. you tried to do like too many things basically with this agency." And he, you go on this journey. Alex's journey is he and he sees the mentor and gradually they hone 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 their product down and they they productize this service that they were doing and then then he sells it you know for the magical figure that he he'd asked yes. for at the start of the book um and I just it's one of those stories that I think anybody can relate to brilliant brilliant Robin Way it's been an absolute blast just as a reminder to everybody uh, there is a competition so yep. please do 
um, share this podcast episode on social media. Um, both me and Rob are around on all of the platforms, so just tag us both in. Hashtag be your own boss. Um, my username at Carl Reader. Um, all one word, but you'll probably know that if you're listening to this. Robin, how can people get hold of you? Uh, so I'm same as you, but I'm all over. My, my at tags Robin M, M for Mark Wait. Um, obviously, website robinwait.com. Um, I'd love for people to grab hold of a copy of the books on Amazon and help me out with a review, of course. Um, but and and yeah, I do do a, a free consultation as well, as in like a diagnostic session. So if anybody's interested in taking that up, taking their business to the next level, then um, just touch base with me and we can get the ball rolling. Fantastic. Robin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com.